This episode of Dear Hank and John is brought to you by Blue Land. Did you know that uh, about 5 billion, billion? That's a de- I checked that because that's a lot. Plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles are thrown away every year. And if that's not bad enough, most cleaning formulas are 90% water, which is heavy. We're shipping around all this water using fuel when we don't have to. Every year, Americans throw away 25% more trash from Thanksgiving to New Year. This year, maybe turn the New Year's resolution into action that makes a difference by switching to Blue Land. Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and the planet with the same powerful clean you're used to. It's a simple idea. They have refillable cleaning products. They have a nice design. I have them in my home. It looks nice on your counter. You fill the reusable bottles with water, drop in the Blue Land tablets, wait for them to dissolve, and you never have to grab bulky, heavy cleaning supplies on your grocery run ever again. And refills, because they're small and you don't have to ship a bunch of water across the country, starts at just $2.25. You can even set up a subscription or buy in bulk for additional savings. From cleaning sprays to hand soap, toilet bowl cleaner, and laundry tablets, Laundry tablets, everybody, you know what I mean. All Blue Land products are made with clean ingredients that you can feel good about. Blue Land is trusted in over a million homes, including, yeah, mine. Blue Land has a special offer for listeners right now. You can get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash dearhank. You won't want to miss it. Blueland.com slash dearhank for 15% off. Again, blueland.com slash dearhank to get 15% off. Welcome to Dear Hank and John. Or as I prefer to think of it, Dear John and Hank. It's a podcast where two brothers answer your question, give you the advice, and bring you all the week's news from both Mars and AFC Wimbledon. John, yeah. I had uh, months, months to remember that I needed a dad joke for this portion of oh, the show, and I but just you don't. remembered just now. You don't need a dad joke, Hank. That actually segs nicely into the conversation What's we need this? to have... It with our listeners. Is, what does it do? It segs. Like it's a segue? It segues? It do you segs. S-E-G-U-E-S. Segs nicely into the conversation we need to have. S-E-G-G-S, which is a different thing. Okay. What we are segueing our way into, Hank, to be grammatically incorrect, to apparently please your uh, needs, uh-huh. uh, is, is that we need to have a talk with our listeners about the future of this podcast. So, Hank, uh-huh. you you had cancer. Cor- yeah, I mean, the past tense is kind of messy, but okay. Well, right, fair enough. You are in, in currently diagnosed in- as in remission from cancer. Yeah. And verb tenses are weird, period. But this has led, <laughs> the whole cancer thing, I think it's safe to say, has led to... I don't want to say a midlife crisis, but a... Hopefully. We're hoping. <laughs> That's exactly the kind of thing that is supposed to be something I say, <laughs> not something you say. And this, yeah, and yet we've ended up in this universe. Exactly. Instead. This weird role reversal where suddenly mm-hmm. you're the one obsessed with mortality is mm-hmm. strange and surreal and part of a larger phenomenon where... We have both, I think it's safe to say, 
kind of rethought our relationship with being alive over the last six months, the same six months we haven't been making this podcast. Yeah. John, and, how do you get an elephant on a Segway? Uh-huh. Oh, jeez. Um, through the encouragement. Person, the per- person, no, you take the S out of Seg, and then mm-hmm. you take the F out of Way. Mm-hmm. There's no F. Oh, like you get the F out of the Way? No, you, you, you were so close, you almost did it. Oh, it's really frustrating for me, John. I don't. You take the F out of Way. There is no F in Way. Ah, there it is. Oh, God. Ah. Okay. When you when you require audience participation for a dad joke to work, you should never expect it to work. But <laughs> my point is that we don't even need dad jokes because we're changing the fundamental nature of this podcast oh, to be Barbie. more in line with the fundamental nature of who we are now after this experience. I mean, I just made the noise. So I don't know how, how significantly we've changed, but okay. Where I, well, I I agree, we should take a we should take a step back and we should look at it from thirty thousand feet. We should take the opportunity and we, to imagine. And in fact, we've what we're doing. We've already done that, <laughs> and we just need to tell the people about that. I may have I may have forgotten about that conversation. <laughs> so we're remaking the podcast, Hank. We are reinventing Dear Hank and John, not quite from scratch, but almost no. from scratch to mm. reflect this new reality that we live in. What is the first thing that we're doing? The first thing that we're doing, John, is that we're uh, we're committed. We're making a commitment to each other that we're going to record for an hour instead yep. of for like two and a two, half hours. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to record for two and a half hours. First off, we're just not going to do that because we yeah. want this to be more of an authentic experience anyway. Like that's part of part of what I've come away from it thinking is that like what people really value about Dear Hank and John is not actually our high quality comedy bits. Right. Um, And that surprised me because they are such high quality. (laughs) What people value is the conversation between two brothers who love each other a lot. Right. And that's what we're going to provide. Yeah. And like, well, we're going to let what happens happens during that hour. But if it results in a 30 minute long episode of Dear Hank and John, that's great. And we're happy with that. We're not thinking, boy, we're really letting people down or boy, I'm not happy with how that turned out because there's not enough usable stuff in that episode. We're thinking... Dope. Uh, We recorded for 45 minutes and the episode's 44 minutes long. Or we recorded for an hour and the episode's an hour long and it's a no-cut special. But the the main thing is that, and this this goes nicely into point two, which is that we are not going to think of Dear Hank and John as work. And indeed, it's not work in the sense that we don't get paid for it. (laughs) So... (laughs) Right. And like, this is just like a thing that happens, you know? Like, at first, it's like, oh, let's just do the goofs. And then it starts to be, oh, well, the goofs are going so well that, like, we should make sure that in addition to the goofs, there's ad placements and then there's people relying on things to happen. And then it's... And we're still going to have ads. Stressing. Yeah, yeah. But like, but like, none of that money goes to Hank and me. It goes to Complexly, yeah. which I guess is a company that indirectly does pay both Hank and me something. But like, it's not. You yes, know. we're not reliant on. It's not reliant on that money to pay us our salaries. It's not like a direct through to from one to the other. Yeah, the exactly, and the yeah, but but also to some extent, like you know, what once something becomes a thing where people. You know, internally at Complexly, like there's infrastructure for like sending us the ad placements and making sure that the thing. Get, and so like we have to 
be respectful of the needs of the people who like can't do their jobs if we don't do the things at the right times. So that makes it more right. of a job. And we're still going to be doing that. Um, like if if Kelsey needs us to do an ad read and needs it by Wednesday, she's going to have it by we're gonna Wednesday. We're going to do it by Wednesday. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. But the uh, but but during this part, I'm not going to think about any of that. That's not. I just want to have fun yeah. with my brother. Yeah. That's what I want. I want to have fun with my brother and I'm not going to think about that stuff. Which was what we've been doing. Which is, But like there has been some extra pressure. Yeah. And I think sometimes we're like, how do we make this thing really good? Or right. like, how do we market it better? And no. look, here's how we're going to market it better. If you guys, if you listening want to tell people about Dear Hank and John, you can. That's 100% of the marketing we're going to do. Yeah. Uh, please uh, do things if you want to clip us and put it on TikTok and do lip syncs, yep. I might do a lip sync of my own voice. Right. Sure. Of course. And then I'll do John's voice, but I'll be I'll have a filter on that makes my mouth really small. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. And yeah, and by the way, if you don't want to tell people you know about this podcast because that's you're embarrassed fine. that you listen to it, that's also fine. That's okay. Uh-huh. And I certainly don't want you to tell people about the podcast who aren't cool. Because one of the great things about this podcast is that everybody who yeah. listens to it, I like. And I don't yeah. want you to tell people who I'm not going to like about the podcast. Please don't. Because that's the new vibe. The new vibe is we're not trying to get a million downloads mm-hmm. a month. We're trying to make nope. sure that people who suck don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, there's totally. so many. There's so many podcasts for them, Hank. Because this is the hour a week where we're just brothers mm-hmm. hanging out and talking to yeah. each other. With people we adore. Yeah. Woo. All right. The third thing that's changing, and this is going to be a bummer for some of you. Yes. Um, is that we're no longer doing the news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon. Just kidding. It's actually going to be most mostly news from Mars and <laughs> AFC Wimbledon this week. Um, there's a lot to catch up on. So much has happened on Mars in the last six months. Holy crap. Oh my God. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it justice. Uh, I, and indeed, I can't do AFC Wimbledon's endless drama justice, but the we are not going to do This weekend Stuff, our hit Patreon-only podcast, any longer. Yeah. Uh, basically, we're scaling back the Patreon. We The thing that, about the Patreon that we think brings the most value and that we really love is doing these monthly live streams with our listeners. That's the thing that we really love and think is super valuable, and we're going to continue to do that. Um, we're not going to do this five minute silly podcast every week because we're focusing on each other and doing stuff together that we hope will be fun for everybody. Yeah, it was kind of a like, so first of all, I don't, you don't get a lot of feedback with any podcast, you know, no. a YouTube video, you get immediate uh, within the four minutes of it being uploaded. Somebody's watched the whole thing and they're leaving a comment with mo- so much of what we do. That is the way that it works. We don't, we get, and we get feedback for Dear Hank and John in the form of questions and interactions. We know people are out there. This Week in Stuff has always uh, felt a little bit like shouting into the void. Yeah. Um, I, I know that it's not. I know that there are people who are who are listening to it and are enjoying it. And those old episodes will stay up. If you become a patron, you'll get access to the old episodes. Um, but also we hit the, like we finished the podcast. This is what happens. We finished the podcast. And we we do our little outro and then we stop for like five seconds and then I we start this weekend stuff. And it's like, I don't know, it like like the the arc it, it ruins makes it the feel arc. like work again. It ruins the arc. Yeah. It ruins the vibe. And this this is what it's all about now is 
holding on to that arc. Yeah. I'm really excited about these changes, even though I know that it's going to be a bummer for some people. But I, and the other thing is that we're probably not going to be every week anymore because we're going to be when we can do it. Yeah. We're having, we've had a little bit of t- uh, trouble because our schedules changed during the hiatus. Uh, we've just like had a hard time finding the right time yeah, to I mean, record. I would argue that my schedule changed during the hiatus. Your schedule yes. e- evaporated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but we collectively. Oh, okay. I'm not going to put it on any sure. one person. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, once again, I'm trying to present myself as the protagonist of your cancer journey, Hank. And I feel like not <laughs> enough people- not to put it all on you. Not enough people have bought into this narrative. And it's really mm-hmm. frustrating for me that yeah. the main person who was shaped by Hank's cancer was John. I mean, it didn't have no effect. Right. But I, I, but again, I feel like a lot of people have put you at the center. Hank's cancer. Hank's <laughs> survivorship. Hank's cancer journey. Mm-hmm. Where's John's Hank's cancer? Yeah, I think we should, I really should have renamed it to like John Kins lymphoma. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I prefer to think of it as John and Hank tri-lymphoma. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was actually on the table. Uh, that the Try Guys would come to Missoula and we'd do a Try Guys Try Chemotherapy, but I'd be like an honorary Try Guy for a day. Aww. And they come in and we do chemotherapy and see what that would be like. I love that. It did not work out because as it turns out, getting chemotherapy sucks. Uh, is really exhausting and yeah. sucks. And and as as they told me how it would work, I was like, no way. Right. <laughs> Are you coming to do this? Like, I'm going to be in my backyard sleeping. Yeah. During when you would like me to be doing things aside yeah. from that. Yeah. But it was a great idea. It would have been really cool. It's a great idea. Um, but man, chemo knocks you out. I, I was, it was a real, among the things that have been weird for me was mm-hmm. seeing Hank take a nap. Like Hank didn't even take naps when, when oh he was God. two. I had took so many naps. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, the only times I take naps are uh, when I have, uh, am actively undergoing cancer treatment and when i'm on a boat <laughs> oh that's true that's true i have seen you take a lot of boat naps but they aren't For the really same reason yeah because i feel like i'm gonna hurl yeah the boat naps never felt to me like naps more like and i guess it's true with the chemo naps too it's more like an enforced sleep <laughs> yeah you know like yeah, seeing, yeah. seeing hank on a boat is actually pretty similar to seeing seeing you on chemo like you're not all there emotionally or, or like intellectually, you know, uh-huh. like there's a lot of you that's just kind of like in a little bit of a state of misery. Yeah. The last time I was on a boat was wild because I, I went on this whale watching trip with Catherine. Yeah. And it was a surprise. And she uh-huh. was like, you really want to do this? And I'm like, let's go. No. Uh, and, and but it was a surprise. So neither of us were dressed well for it because uh-huh. Catherine would have made sure I was dressed well if she had known about it. Sure. And she herself also would have dressed better for the occasion. So we were both very cold. On the way out, everything's fine. On the way back, I had to go like sit in the back of the boat. But then this the, one of the crew was like, you're Hank Green. Oh, no. And talking to me for oh, like no. a long time when I'm clearly, clearly in the back of the boat for a reason. Yeah. No, when I'm on a boat, the only question is, is it going off the side or off the back? Yeah. Um, I'm not a boat man. No. Which is a blessing, you know? 
Like, I don't know. It seems like some of the boat people have great lives. I it seems like, like they're having a good old time. I like enough expensive stuff without getting into boats. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's cheap ways. Yeah. There's cheap ways. Well, I mean, I have the boats, but I, I hear what you're saying. I have a kayak. <laughs> Yeah, like if that's yeah, if yeah, that's yeah, being yeah. into yeah. boats, like I'm good, I'm covered. I've, I enjoy <laughs> kayaking on the White River, and I never feel seasick when I'm kayaking on the White River for mm-hmm. whatever reason. But you put me on a proper boat with an engine, I do not have a good time. Yeah, there is no way to get from the Freetown International Airport to Freetown in Sierra Leone without going on a boat. And I know what you're wondering. That doesn't make any sense. Well, it makes sense mm-hmm. if you are a colonial enterprise founding an airport that you want to be separate from the people. Yeah. And so this is this is where it was set up and now where it still is all these decades later. And so you have to go on a boat. And I'll tell you, getting off like a 30-hour airplane trip and getting on mm-hmm. a boat is mm-hmm. not my not my most glorious moment in terms of likelihood that I'm going to vomit. Well, John, if you do want to get into boats, I have good news for you. I just yep. saw this article that went viral on Twitter. Twitter. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the headline is, Turning the Tide, the Sustainable Future of Super Yachts. <laughs> well, I mean, a couple, couple observations. <laughs> I actually am... I'm actually not as concerned about the sustainable future of super yachts as I am concerned about the fact that you're still on Twitter. <laughs> Probably that's yeah. Yeah. I mean, I will say that whatever they're doing over there at twitter.com, it is making it less compelling to me. Like I am not drawn in mm, anymore. Mm, I still see you tweet quite a bit, I have to say. And that implies, of course, that I'm on Twitter. <laughs> How do you see him, John? I see him the old-fashioned way, Hank, on Twitter, which is a yeah. problem. I, mm-hmm. But I think the difference between us is that I accept that there's something horrifically wrong with me. <laughs> I accept that this, You're is, right. this is a terrible, terrible personal failure. You're right. Because I really I really do think that like, I, I like look back at the last 10 years of my life and I'm like, you know, the amount of time I spent on Twitter probably appropriate. Wow. Are you serious? Yeah. I had that thought this morning. Holy. I mean, that is astonishing. I don't, or me. at least I don't regret it is the feeling I have. I regret it. Have 100% regret it. I regret Twitter. No, yeah. I, I regret like every, everything I've invested into Twitter emotionally, the, the power that I've given over to the platform. I regret all of it. Now I will say like great things have been done through and by Twitter. I don't want to take anything away from that, including sure. like one of the things that happened while we quit the podcast was that our community had several hundred millions of dollars of impact in reducing the price of the cost of tuberculosis yeah. diagnostics and treatments. And it, mm-hmm. some of that might not have happened without Twitter. And I think that Twitter mattered in that. It's weird how people feel like what happens on Twitter matters in a big in a bigger way than things that happen on other social media platforms. It, it yeah, just, it, it feels it's close. Where, yeah. It feels, and I don't like, I don't have my finger on why it feels that way. It feels that way to me too. Um, but it also feels that way to, to other folks. And so that, yeah, I was frankly, I haven't said this publicly, but kind of astounded at the level of sensitivity yeah. to the signal that 
th- those people and organizations had. It I- felt pretty empowering and very. Uh, I also maybe haven't, I have said this publicly, but like, I am amazed by the work that we got done during those efforts. Uh, and, and I am also like extremely proud of you because I know what went into that, both in terms of like educating yourself and behind the scenes work. It was, it's like legitimately astounding. Thanks. Like I'm astounded. Yeah, no, I, I, it's definitely the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me and some weird things have happened to me. Um, thank you, Hank. Um, as I've said a million times, but it's very true. Like none of this happened in a vacuum. And if it weren't for partners yeah. in health and doctors without borders and the treatment action group and thousands of nerd fighters who've now organized themselves as TB fighters, then none of that would have happened. So it's not, um, by any means a story primarily about me, but I am really glad to, uh, be part of it. And, Looking forward, there are so many other ways that we need to improve access to TV treatment. So the work is by no means done. So those are, I think, the main things that are changing about the podcast. Yep. Um, I I do not know to, to what, like, I've done a little bit of talking behind the scenes with people, and I know that folks are not enthusiastic about losing this week and stuff. Um, but I, uh, I don't know how, how big of a deal that is to folks, um, yeah. but I do ag- agree that for us anyway, like the, by far the most valuable and, and rewarding Patreon thing has been the monthly live streams and yeah. we'll keep doing that. And so many people show up for those yeah. and it's just a good old time. It's just great. So to summarize, as of today, Dear Hank and John will be shorter and worse. <laughs> That's, uh, it'll be more authentic at least, um, I do. Shorter weirdly enough, and worse. Have a question that I found that I do want to ask you from our from our listeners. Do you want to do one listener question today? Absolutely, I'll do sixteen. I I'm here for an hour. You have my full attention. <laughs> okay, this is from Duncan, who the subject caught my eye. It says, "I want to destroy a thatched roof in a wind tunnel." Mm. And I'm like, "Yeah, you do. Yeah, of course." Hi there. Duncan says, I'm one of the only roof thatchers in the United States. I've been doing a job in coastal Georgia for the past month, and I've been wondering what the wind speed required to tear apart a thatched roof is. I've heard that they'll hold up better than other materials, but I only have anecdotal evidence for that. One of our roofs in Denville, New Jersey, held up pretty well to Hurricane Sandy, better than any of the other shingled roofs around it. Another roof that we're rethatching right now on Cape Cod was fine during the a bomb cyclone that washed boats up on shore and flipped boards over our on our scaffold. The question has been eating me alive. I can't stop thinking about it. Willing to answer any questions you might have about roof thatching. And I'm also willing to thatch a small roof free of charge if you can help me destroy it. Oh, I thought it was, I actually am in need of a roof. And so for a second, I was really excited. I was like, yeah, I don't care what the material is. If they'll do it for it free, like, I'm in. I mean, it sounds like Duncan goes all over the place. Yeah. So yeah, Indianapolis needs a, a stronger thatched roof community anyway. Yeah. The first thing this makes me think, Hank, yeah. is, is it possible that we've had the story of the three little pigs wrong all along? Right. That in fact... Because what are the three little pigs? There's the one that's got the straw, thatch Straw, straw, wood, straw. and that's brick. That's basically thatch. Straw, wood, yeah. and brick. I think the person with the straw, at least roof, might have been better off. We got it. Duncan, 
I want you to build a whole house of thatch, like just big yes. enough to fit yes. a little piggy in. Yes. And then we're going to get a wolf. No. Who can blow really hard. Well. A leaf blower. Yeah, I actually don't think we need the wolf. I think we can have a non-mammalian source of wind, <laughs> if you will. A, uh-huh. That's, I think actually Duncan proposes that with the wind tunnel or a yeah. leaf blower might work. Um, a really high powered leaf blower. Just a bunch blower. of leaf blowers, yeah. What is the most legally powerful leaf blower you can acquire or make? Maybe we could talk to our old friend Mark about Mark that. Mark was my first thought too. I was like, Mark Rover knows the limitations of a leaf blower all, like already just, it, it's already first in off, his head. This is a great Mark Rover video. It Forget is. about us. Oh my God, this Mark. <laughs> a real, real, a real test of the three little yes. piggies is yes. the best Mark Rober video we've ever come up with. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause first of all, you got to hire Duncan to build a straw house. You got to yeah. hire somebody else to do a wood house. And then you have to hire a different bricklayer to do a brick house. But yeah. then you have to figure out how to create the wind. That's the real hard part. Yeah, I agree. And do you have it just be wind coming in from one direction or do you have it sort of a circular wind? Right. Like it might have different results. I I have no idea the answer to this question, but that's not going to stop me from speculating. Well, I know the how to how to blow the most air easily anyway. <laughs> Great. How do you blow the most air? You get a jet engine. Okay. Um I went to a You want to talk truck about show. something that actually that actually costs more than boats. <laughs> Yeah, you rent it though. You don't you don't have to buy it outright. I went to a monster truck show. Yeah. And at the monster truck show, there was an ambulance. And I was like, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But then the ambulance came out onto the monster truck area, and instead of inside paramedics, there was a, an extremely inefficient jet engine Love that it. shot not only a lot of wind, but fire. And they placed a late model sedan behind the ambulance mm-hmm. and they turned it into a problem just like a like a hazardous waste problem that i personally was like that seems like it shouldn't be allowed but i guess it is because i just smell the it like happen. wafting burning plastic throughout and the so arena could everyone in town like right. it was yeah not yeah I, I, it was a problem but but that guy yeah who owns that ambulance yeah i imagine it's not too like the monster truck show could afford him. Mark Rober could definitely afford him. Can he make a can he make wind without making fire? Because that will be an issue for the straw house. <laughs> I, think, I I bet they had to modify the engine to make fire. They just have to undo whatever they did. Okay. Or just not put I don't know. I don't know how it works. Uh I don't either. But Mark Rober no would. Yeah, absolutely. The the Mark even I know a guy with an ambulance full of jet engine. I well, don't. I wouldn't, I wouldn't I say know you know him. Knows him. I, yeah. Do, but you think you could get in touch with him. I love yeah, the idea definitely. of cold emailing the guy who has the ambulance jet and saying, listen, I'm a YouTuber, but I'm an educational YouTuber. I'm not trying to <laughs> not trying mean. to sell out here. OK, I'm yeah. trying to get you to do science with me. I just want wind. I just I, do, I don't want to explode something. I have a strong suspicion that uh-huh. the wood house would actually come in third. Yeah. I still think the straw house would come in second because I don't think wood roofs are that good. Like that's actually why I need a new roof is because I got this cedar shingle roof and I don't, I, it's, uh, it, I don't think it's mm-hmm. that good. Now it is old, uh, but yeah. I, I think a stiff wind would definitely blow it off. 
Yeah, and, yeah. So uh, uh, the question is, should it be whole house or just roof? Uh, you know, another, but also, you know, something I've been thinking about ever since I first read it. This is off topic. Yeah, but I think about this all the time. In medieval France, okay, mm-hmm. when I don't know if this is true, but I read it in a book about medieval France. When your neighbors would want to come talk to you, they would just lift up your roof. Really? And they'd be like, hey, how's it going? What's going on in here? I feel like you don't know what I'm doing in here right now. What are you up to today? Well, that was a different time in terms of privacy expectations, Hank. Your your roof could be lifted up at any time by any of your neighbors. I guess you just know And they could just be like, hey, what's up, man? You guys uh, coming to the church later? The (laughs) only entertainment in town? we do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the Punch and Judy show. Unless unless there's like a traveling theater troupe in town or like the apothecary uh, with his cart has come for a visit. Uh, Other than that, you're just going, yeah. So I don't know. It was a different time. But yeah, imagine that. Just like somebody lifting up your roof and being like, hey, what's up? You want to go to um, the fields? Francois, I have a door is what I would say. I don't know that the door was that door. I don't know. Again, like I didn't get out of the house by like get it like going through the roof. I think the door did a thing. That's true. There had to have been a door, right? So like, but why is this image so firmly implanted in my head? I'm I'm sure I read it in this book about medieval France, but maybe who knows? At any rate, the other advantage of a of a thatch roof, of course, is that your neighbors can just I don't know how it works, but I assume they can just pick up the roof and say hello. Yeah, well, I'm curious how the roof is actually attached to the building, but I'm sure Duncan could figure that out. And so you sort of like say to each of the artisans, you say, make this thing as good as you can. Right. Make the best possible, strongest straw house you can, uh, but you can't use anything but straw. Right. You know? Now, are we talking about the house or just the roof? Because I... I, I, I I think if it's a Mark Rubber video, it should be the whole house. If we're trying to answer Duncan's question and we're just getting the ambulance with the jet engine pointing at his his thatched roof that he's making, then I think it could just be the roof because that's the question he's trying to can answer. Can you use can you use um, mud? You can, right? Because you have to because like you're not just using bricks, you're also using mortar. You're not just using. You might just be using wood, but I think you can. I, I think in the straw house, it's right. going to be a mix of 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 straw and some kind of material that that strengthens it, which could be mud or clay. I don't or know. I'm I don't looking know. at I'm Duncan's expert, houses obviously. here. If you, if anybody wants to check it out, yeah. I'm sure that he wouldn't mind. It's at thatching.com. Well, I. So it's not like he's whoa. hiding his. Wow, yeah. he really he really got the he really got the good uh-huh. website. Yeah. Jeez. Um, and and I'm looking at it. I don't see any mud, but I do see what appears to be an extraordinarily sturdy looking roof. Ooh, wow. These are pretty, pretty beautiful. Wow. Jeez Louise, that is not right? what I was expecting. Yeah, me either. Okay. Well, this this roof is not what no. I was anticipating. Th- these roofs are going to be fine no matter what. Are you kidding? They look like they could stand up to... I don't know if you can make a house out of that material. I bet I Duncan could figure that. it out. I also think uh, I, I also think that if you pointed a jet engine at it, it would be fine unless that jet engine was shooting fire, in which case it would not be. So we'd have to be really sure yeah. with the guy with the ambulance that he could turn the fire off. So your argument is that the three little piggies wouldn't have died from any of those three blowings. Because unless it was a fire breathing, wolf. unless it yeah. was a fire breathing wolf, because in every 
occasion, no matter how much wind you but no there is a point at which if if the if the wolf can blow yeah. at 200 miles an hour that could be an issue i'm saying which is it i think 200 i bet 200 this house that i'm looking at right now that duncan thatched would be fine i bet at 500 it would not be yeah well first off i don't i don't want to be in a situation where there's 500 mile an hour wind period hard stuff no i that yeah, seems like yeah, a, cor- that correct. seems like jupiter stuff yeah that's like if the earth stopped spinning suddenly that's what you'd be dealing with can that happen? No, luckily. Are you sure? Yep. Is it spinning right now? It's going. Woo, woo, woo. I just felt it. I just felt it. I feel it now. I'm <laughs> conscious of it. Oh, boy. We uh-huh. are in space. <laughs> oh, God. Most, planet, most planets in our, in our galaxy oh, are boy. rogue planets. Most planets in our galaxy don't have suns to orbit at all. They're just, they're just rocks just, hurtling they're through space. Boy, it's gravity. Good thing. Good thing. I can feel it. I can feel it. You ever, you ever just wake up and you're like, God, did they turn it up a little bit? Did they turn gravity up? Because this is this feels like a lot. Do you feel it right now, though, Hank? We are. Oh yeah. Orbiting a star. Spinning through space. Oh yeah. Total vertigo. We are hurtling. Yeah. Ooh. We're gonna feel. We're gonna feel that real good when we see that eclipse that's coming up. I. Get, oh, you know the uh, Indianapolis is in the eclipse zone. I know. I'm gonna be there. Oh great! You want to go to Rex? <laughs> <laughs> for the eclipse. <laughs> Where are you going to be for the eclipse? The racks. Cool. <laughs> gonna I be love the idea of calling, calling up racks and being like, hey, hey can, we use, can we use your roof? <laughs> I want to be on the racks roof for the eclipse. We thought a lot about it. Look, here's the situation. We read Annie Dillard's essay about the total eclipse and watching it go up the hillside. And we thought to ourselves, what if we could watch it go up the racks? <laughs> and they're like, no. And I'm like, there's a price for everything. Yeah, exactly. Like, fine. Then. Everything we'll, we'll, has a price. We'll buy your racks. <laughs> that's, that's our racks now. And it's that's our, our roof. Now. And then I'll sell it back to you the next day because I desperately don't want to own a rack. One of my biggest life ambitions. Hey, we're making the podcast a little bit worse and a little bit shorter, but also we are buying a racks. <laughs> and we're going to pour all of our energies into running it, just like our secret brother Dave and that Wendy's. Oh, I wonder if, the, if any of the raxes are inside of the eclipse zone. Oh. <sighs> I, that's a great question. Um, in fact, uh, such a great question that I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna look. It up. You are gonna look. <laughs> it only has a 115 mile wide path of totality. I know, and it happens to go over your house. It does go over my house, and it goes over Dayton, Ohio, where the racks is. Does it? Yep. I don't know, man. I don't know that it goes over my house so much as it goes like 30 miles south of my house. Yeah, we might have to go somewhere. Like racks. <laughs> the racks clips. It's even got a name. We could I'm looking. Yeah. It goes right over your no, it goes right over your house. Okay. I think. I don't know. I think Bloomington, Indiana is pretty far south of me, and it's on the north side of the 115 miles. No, I mean it, from the map I'm looking at right now right now, Indianapolis is is literally in in the thing. Okay. All right. Well, then maybe you're right. But I'm looking for Dayton uh, and I can't, I don't know where it is. Oh yeah. It is also, Dayton is also in the path. Yeah. I think we can think about it. Um, 
Yeah. I might rather be at my house if I'm being honest, but we can go to racks the day before and eat eat leftover racks while watching the eclipse. Wild, yeah. Cold racks. Oh, nothing better. Under the... <laughs> Cold racks and a, uh, and a warm Dr. Pepper with <laughs> under the path of the total solar eclipse. Yeah, I mean, I might go for a warm beer. Um, cold racks yeah. and warm beer. Never... If I've it's... Ne- never oh, tried... God, I hope it's not cloudy. How often is it cloudy? In Indianapolis on April, in April. A lot, I would say. Uh, 40% mm. of the time. But then if it is cloudy, we'll just we'll just get in the car and go to racks. Because <laughs> Dayton, I'm sure, always has better weather. Well, it's not even that if we can't see the eclipse, at least we can see racks during the eclipse. And we can look up That's at the right. eclipse. It'll just and, get dark yeah. at racks yeah, in the dark, middle of the day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A racks darkness approaches. Yeah, all the people at the racks would be like, "What did you guys do?" I, the only thing is that now that we've revealed our, or now that we've revealed our secret strategy, it's possible that there's going to be a large nerd fighter gathering at the racks outside of Dayton, Ohio, Look, uh, during the eclipse. Anybody can get to the racks. Oh, Hank, a lot of people can get to the racks. Are then, you kidding? Well, yeah. <laughs> you don't think we have any That's fans near Dayton? That's a good point. There is a whole. So there are people who live in Dayton, Ohio. Yeah, exactly. It's the reason like why people... they put a racks there. <laughs> actually the main reason <laughs> um yeah yeah one thing about racks is they didn't put them in non-populated areas like yeah they were at yeah. least that smart by the way racks is a roast beef restaurant that from the 1980s that only has three remaining locations that hank and i are obsessed with but somehow have never visited even though we've had plentiful <laughs> opportunities to yeah, we had we had a whole plan, but it got interrupted. It got interrupted by cancer, like so much else in the last year. This episode of Dear Hang John is brought to you by Thrive Market. Thrive Market is there to help you maintain the kinds of habits that you want to have. For me, I need to have the right kind of food in the house or I will eat whatever. Oreo recently sent me some free fancy Oreos. They were weird. I ate all of them. I ate all of them in a week and it was a problem. I can't do that. I need to have healthy, good stuff in the house house and Thrive Market can help you have healthy habits. It's a great go-to for all your grocery and household essentials and the convenience of getting everything online and then like just quickly ship to the doorstep. It's a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with great ingredients and sourcing methods. They got Amy's, Banza, Burt's Bees, Chobani, Honest Kids, Kind, Mike's Hot Honey, Oatly, Olipop, Poppy, Salt, I've never heard of salt, but it's got two A's in it, so it has to be good. And as a Thrive Market member, you can save money on every single grocery order. On average, you can save over 30% every time. And they also have a deals page that changes every day. When you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order, plus a $60 free gift. I enjoyed my $60 free gift. I was surprised by it, and it was the kind of thing I wouldn't have bought. And then now I'm like on the ghee train. They gave me free ghee. And I was like, I don't know what ghee is. But then I was like, oh, this is great. It's like butter, but it's different and more spreadable. <laughs> Go to thrivemarket.com slash dearhank for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash dearhank, thrivemarket.com slash dearhank. So we all know there are things in life that you have to compromise on, but there are two things that you shouldn't compromise on. One is name brand Dr. Pepper. The off-brand stuff just doesn't hit the same. And another is, of course, your 
health. So don't go back to that one doctor who uses your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines or their family group chat or the crossword puzzles just because they're available right now or take your slightly sketchy insurance. Instead, check out ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health. And you can search by location, availability, and insurance. So literally, no compromises here because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you know. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, are located near you, and treat basically any condition you're searching for. And the typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between 24 and 72 hours. So go to ZocDoc.com slash DearHank and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash DearHank. ZocDoc.com slash Dear Hank. But that reminds me, Hank, that it's time to transition to the all-important news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon. And I know that we have 15 minutes left, but there's a lot of news from AFC Wimbledon. It's been a weird year. I've missed telling you the news from AFC Wimbledon so, so much. It's it, It feels like all of my AFC Wimbledon passion in some ways like just goes into a vacuum because I can't tell you about it. I've already been to two games this season. I took my children to Mansfield, which is in the middle of England. Yep. And it was like three hours and 12 minutes of train rides, four different trains to get to Mansfield. And then a long walk, at least according to my daughter, on a on a highway. <laughs> Uh, to get to the Mansfield FC Stadium, which is the oldest uh, continually used football stadium in existence. And I'd never been to an away game before. And it was an awesome, awesome experience because it's so much louder. Like the away fans wow. sing the entire game. They never stop. They're very loud. As as Alice said to me, um, they're loud and they seem drunk. And I was like, well, first well, off. Yep, that, that's probably right. First off, Alice, no vibe checks. No vibe check on Saturdays. Uh, that was a nil-nil draw. I took my kids all the way to England and then on, on and then I made them get on trains for six hours and 24 minutes in one day to see a thrilling nil-nil draw against Mansfield. But um, we're pretty good this year. All right. We are, uh, we're good. We're not great, but... We are much better than I expected us to be, and pretty, f- even more surprisingly, pretty fun to watch. Uh, we are, we play with a real identity, like rigid and hardcore at the back, but also at the same time, pretty good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So well, for a second there, you were in like second place. We were we had one game where we were in second. We're now in eighth, which is just outside the playoff spots. But you know what? I, everybody's like, "Oh, where are we going to finish? Are we going to finish in seventh? I'm like, "Guys, I don't care. I, all I care about is that we're 11 points clear of relegation after 13 games. Like that's amazing. We had yeah. one game last season where we didn't have to stress out about um, 
uh, about being relegated. I would just love this season to have five such games or 10 such games. We are The whole goal is to get to 52 points because you get three points for a win, one point for a draw. And if we get to 52 points this season, we won't get relegated. We have 21 points after 13 games. This is phenomenal. I'd love to be in a situation. Let's just keep getting points. Let's not worry about where we're going to finish this season. I know what you're wondering, Hank. Who's good? Who do we sign? Who who are all the who are all the the wonderful new players for AFC Wimbledon? Well, yeah. Most importantly, we held on to 22 year old Ali Alhamidi, our Liverpudlian Iraqi superstar, uh, who could have gone to a higher league but chose to stay with us for at least half of this season. Hopefully, the whole season. Ali Alhamidi continues to be amazing, but we also signed this new guy named James Tilly, classic. Big bottom, small. Um, not the tallest man you'll ever meet, but uh-huh. big bottom. Five foot nine. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you catch my drift. Yeah. Uh-huh. He plays out on the wing. Five foot nine. And he is good. He scored seven goals in his first nine games for us. Uh, we've also got this 18-year-old kid, Aaron Sasu, who's played for us since he was 10, and he's starting to get some game time. He's big and lanky, classic small bottom big. Really like the combination of James Tilly and Aaron Sasu, how they balance each other out. Um, mm-hmm. And we've got uh, we've got Jake Reeves. Now, you might remember distantly in the past, Hank, Jake Reeves, because he used to play for us like seven or eight years ago. Then he went up to a higher league. Now he's back with Wimbledon. He's right in the middle of our midfield. He's our central midfielder and our captain, and I love him. I love him so much. Right. He inspires so much confidence. I love the way he kind of like yells at the younger players to like get them, you know, focused, get them in, get them drawn in. He's really good. Um, and then at the back, this is the most important thing, Hank. This is what I've been waiting for six months to tell you. We've got this central defender. Now, you know that they wear DFTBA on the back of their shorts in the liminal space between left thigh and buttock. Uh-huh. We've got this central defender named Joe Lewis who rolls his shorts up like a right, yes, like a, like a diaper or like a speedo. <laughs> okay, yeah, it gets it high so he could have lots of leg flexibility. I think his argument is like my thighs cannot be contained by these shorts. It's too too uncomfortable. Yeah, my, my I just have too much thigh. Which he has a lot of thigh. Let's just yeah. Let's call. Let's just say it. Okay, he's he's thighastic. He's Joe Lewis, AFC Lula. Yeah. There's a there's a there's a shot of him after he scored a goal for us off a corner kick where you uh-huh. really can see the thighs. I don't know if you're looking at that at that shot, but that that's the I'm one. Look, I'm seeing a lot of thigh. That's for sure. So much thigh, more than uh-huh. more than seems possible. Yeah, and, I mean he's he's tan all the way up too, so he obviously yeah. does this all the all the time. Oh yeah, no, it's not just when he's it's not just not just during game time. He trains like that. I assume <laughs> I assume he walks around London like that. And Mm -hmm. you can't even see our logo. He rolls up his shorts so high. He is probably our best player. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's incredible. Um, He's on loan. We haven't even signed him, but I am willing. I'm going to I'm going to text you this picture. I am willing to crowdfund for this man. That's how much I love him. I'll crown. I'll crowdfund for him. I'll, I'll do what I need to do to make sure that we keep him. And I know we got to cure tuberculosis and deal with maternal mortality. And the, the football is not important. But I just, I love this man. Look at that picture I just texted you, Hank. Look at those 
thighs on, under the lights oh, at Plow wow. Lane. Wow. Now you see what I'm talking about. Yeah, wow. We'll put, he's, like, he's, a, he's a whole a whole statue. We'll put that on the Patreon. Forget about <laughs> forget about this week in stuff. <laughs> this week in thigh. You're gonna get everything you need. This week in so uh, we're good. We're in eighth place. Uh, we're winning some games. We mm-hmm. actually have like one of the best defensive records in League Two. And with a very small budget, we are overperforming. And that's largely thanks to our head of recruitment and our head of like uh, football magic. This guy named Craig Cope, who's like a classic money ball. He looks kind of like okay. us, you know, which, okay. is, which is to say he does but not better at math. He looks like he never played professional football, just like us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But man, he's 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 magic. He's magic. I I'm in love with him too. I'm in love with the team this season. And I gotta say, I wasn't a huge believer that we should necessarily bring back our manager, Johnny Jackson. But Johnny Jackson's yep. been great this season. So it's all good. It's all golden. I'm so excited for this AFC Wimbledon team. I have to tell you, if you live in London or Mansfield, you got to go see them. They're just so fun to watch right now. This is exciting. I'm, uh, I'm I'm glad that you got to watch it. What was it? Was it like a nil-nil game that you ended up watching? Yeah. And then the one before that, I went to see Wrexham earlier this season, and that was a 1-1 draw. So haven't seen a victory in a number of years, but... Neither have a lot of Wimbledon fans. <laughs> you'll keep you'll keep going for it. That's right. Eventually, you'll just move to London, John, and then ah, <sighs> it'd be really bad for my marriage. Um, but it'd be great for my football watching. <laughs> oh God! I want to go to London at least for a little bit. I do sometime I wa- soon. I want you to go I to love it there. You've never been to an AFC Wimbledon game with me. It's true. Oh, it's true. you gotta go. It's so. It's, it's so fun. I've never taken anyone who said anything other than that was so fun, except for Alice when I made her go to Mansfield. But other than that, everyone's had a good time. <laughs> well, in Mars news, uh, the biggest, probably at least recent Mars news is that they, so there's this plan to return samples to Earth from Mars. Yeah. And this is hard. Very We've done hard. this with asteroids before successfully. One of the great things about asteroids is that they don't have very much gravity well, so you can just get the stuff and leave without burning a lot of fuel. Mm-hmm. Much harder with Mars, much bigger object, much more gravity. So you have to go down and that's expensive. You have to come back up and that's expensive. Then you have to go back down to Earth and all that's expensive. Just lots of fuel necessary to make this happen. But this is what, like, we've been hoping we'll figure out a way to do it. And in fact, Curiosity is sort of bagging up or viling up little samples in vials and leaving them like a trail behind him, like uh, like little breadcrumbs. Oh, and, with the expectation uh, that maybe someday we'll someday, be able to get those vials. Yeah. That's which lovely. I'm like, if we could come, we don't need to get the vials. We could pack up the own vials, but maybe. Who knows? Let's, it, hey. It's still a beautiful idea that Curiosity's yeah. just like leaving a little bit of breadcrumbs being like, hey, anybody want to come? I, if I'm, you guys want this, little, they're here. I'm a little lonely. I do have my little helicopter friend. That's true. The idea is that you could have a helicopter come and pick them up and then deliver them back to whatever the sample return thing is. Oh, speaking of which, Ingenuity did one of the things that happened is that Ingenuity, I think that it, it did like its, I don't know, 80th flight or something. It's still helicopter flying around. It's still yeah, yeah. helicopter. It's at it. 59th. It just did its 59th flight. And it also set its altitude record, so it has gone higher than ever. I like the um, idea that as it gets older and they've 
further past its expected mission life, they just take more risks. And they're like, all right, you know what we're going to (laughs) do? Let's see what this thing can handle. Do you think it can make it to the sun? (laughs) (laughs) Let's just get it home. Can we fly it all the way home? That's not how uh, molecules work, unfortunately, but it would be cool if we could make that happen. That's a good point. Good point about air. (laughs) Thanks for that. Thanks for that reminder. So... The sample return mission is this sort of pie-in-the-sky thing, and NASA did a an independent review. So the independent review board looked at the sample return plans, and they were like, this, I don't think this is going to work, you guys. <laughs> That's basically what it said. So they've been uh, working towards this mission for a long time. Uh, it, would, it would launch in 2028. It'd have oh. a budget of $4.4 billion. With a B? Uh with a B. Wow. And it involves sending a large sample retriever to Mars where it would collect uh, the things that the rover left behind. It would put the tubes on the rocket, on a rocket. That rocket would launch into orbit and then get picked up by an orbiter. And that orbiter would then return to Earth. And so you, all these different things need different fuels. Like like they all need independently to have a bunch of fuel to get mm-hmm. where they need to mm-hmm. go. Right. Which is why there's all these different pieces of it. Now, if that all works according to plan, it would be a very big deal. We'd be launching a rocket uh, on another planet to get back to space, which is wild. Uh, and we'd get uh, these pieces of Mars, our first ever like recent pieces of Mars. We have pieces of Mars that got here because like asteroids hit Mars, knocked them into space, and then eventually they fell to Earth. And we can actually identify when that happens, which is wild. That is wild. But these would be like... They would not have to pass through the atmosphere. These would be fresh. Be, they'd, be, they'd be fresh, hype and hot, super fresh, fresh. Yeah, pieces of Mars, fresh, fresh Mars. And they could they, want- they could theoretically have fossils in them, or they could even have life in them. We don't know. Yeah, that well, we would be able to do a lot more science on them if they were here on Earth rather than just the chemistry that you can do on. Uh, the little lab that's on the rover. Right. So the independent review board found uh, that those were really great and significant goals that they would love to see accomplished. And they say that the timeline and the budget are not going to make, that's just not doable. Oh, it's not realistic. Yeah, yeah. They think the realistic budget would be eight to $11 billion and the realistic launch date would be 2040. 20 what now? 40. I can't help but notice that all these dates being thrown around are significantly after 2027. <laughs> Look, when we made that rule, 2027 did not seem like a time that existed. Yeah. Uh, could that, that that wasn't a thing that was going to happen. Yeah. But now it looks like it will actually occur. So Can't wait to be making uh, our hit podcast, Dear John and Hank. And, you know, I'm getting used to the idea, John. By 2027, our podcast is going to be so bad and so short. Uh, but it's yeah. it's still gonna I'm still gonna love it. I'm I'm probably well, gonna I, love it more than ever. Color me surprised that Elon Musk's uh, vision of how fast we could get to Mars yeah. was not realistic, and and even even maybe uh, intentionally m- manipulative. And I have I been lied to by Elon Musk? Is that possible? Is that a thing that could occur? I mean, get off Twitter. So they made a number of findings and recommendations, oh, and NASA is now establishing its own team to look through all that 2040. report. And, That's going to take forever. Yeah. yeah. I think we could have humans there and back by 2040, and I'm the guy who bet that we couldn't do it by 2027. 
it would be a lot easier to get stuff back from Mars if a put person, like a human person, just put it in their backpack, right? And came home, yeah. Which we would do. We're not going to leave the people there. So a, a human right. mission would also be a sample return mission. Yeah. Is that going to have to wait until 2040? Because I imagine if we if it oh. takes that long to get a uh, yeah. a vial, getting a person would take even longer than 2040. Am I going to live to see? And I know we don't know. All right. <laughs> so I'm just going to cut you off there, Mr. Darkness. Okay, Mr. Newly Dark. I know. I know we don't know. Believe me, I know. Is there a chance that I will live mm-hmm. to see a person on Mars or was this whole thing for nothing? Did I get a, There's a chance. Did I get invested in this whole people visiting Mars for nothing? I'd say, you know, I'd say there's a chance. I'd say it's still not a great. I I'd I'd, I'd still say it's not a certainty. It's nowhere near a certainty that that you will get to see a person. Well, of course it's not a certainty. I'm saying like <laughs> if I live to be 90, which, right. I'm saying if you live to be a 90, if you live to be 90, it's not a certainty. Okay. That's 45 years. That gives us till 20. When? There's practical reasons why this is hard. I believe uh, it. I believe right. it. Yeah. Uh, not only There's practical reasons why this is hard. There's a lot of confounding factors as well, Hank. Like, um, will, will humans exist? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Will we still have, uh, <laughs> will we still have will like, be, uh, will there be fuel? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Will there be electricity? Um, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of questions, but I think we got a chance. I'm a, I'm a, I, I am, I remain broadly in favor of humans. And I, I think we've, I, I think when I look at our relationship with Mars, I actually am quite inspired by what we can do, but it's a little bit of a yeah. bummer that we can't get a vial off that planet until 2040. I mean, NASA's current state stated timeline is that humans could be on Mars as early as the 2030s. And I'm like, I don't know about that. As early as. That's great phrasing, though. Like, that's very similar to the phrasing they use around TB, where it's like, we could eliminate TB by 2030. And I'm like, yeah, we could. Anybody? Anybody? Money? Money? Yeah, no, we could go to- Resources? We could definitely- Time? Be on Mars in the 2030s. I agree that that is possible. Yeah. It just like would take take dedication. Um, and I have to say, yeah. as much as I do want to- It would take a lot more money than it would take to cure tuberculosis, probably. Uh, yeah, I think so. the number they could thrown around is $250 billion to cure TB, to end TB. Yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot. That's but, a lot. Um, I bet it would cost more to go to Mars. It's It would save 1.6 million lives a year forever. Right. Like because in, in some ways, like we're still benefiting from not dying from smallpox. Like there's still people who would die from smallpox if we hadn't eliminated smallpox. So that's the great thing about getting rid of a disease is that you save lives forever or at least you increase the length of lives forever. Mm-hmm. It turns out there actually is no saving a life. Um, you're just del- Indeed. you're just delaying. Yeah, I've 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 heard. Thanks for coming to our podcast. (laughs) We're back, baby. What what do you say at the end of the podcast? What do we say? Oh, boy. Um, Hank, thanks for making a pod with me. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks to everybody for listening. Send us your emails at dearhankandjohn at gmail.com. Nope. nope. Just hankandjohn at gmail.com. Yeah. And yes. thank you for all of your emails over the last six months that we didn't respond to. Uh, many of them meant a great deal to us. If you know how to get Duncan's thatch roof into a wind tunnel or have access to a jet engine, 
Uh, I told you his website so you could find him. I uh, would tell you the credits of the podcast right now, but I can't because I, I don't know where that document is I, anymore. I'm going I'm to give but, it a go. I'm going to give it a go right now. Okay. Today's podcast was edited by Joseph Tunamedish. Our, it was. Uh, it's produced by Rosiana Hals Rojas. Our head sure. of social media stuff is yep. could be Brooke Shotwell. <laughs> we'll look into that. Oh, Deboki uh, is Deboki Chakravarty's our editorial assistant. Yes, although not on this episode. Um, yeah, she helped. Oh, great! More stuff. Oh, great! Did she write that terrible dad joke? No, that was me. Oh, great! She, it, that's always me. Okay. Well, um, by the way, as we're rebuilding this thing, Hank, feel free to just let that go. <laughs> just let it sail off into the distance. If it's stressful for you, if it's fun for you, keep doing it. Yeah. You decide. Okay. As they say in our hometown. Don't, don't forget, forget to be awesome. awesome.